You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. This evening, quickly, I want us to pick something because for me, in that account, you know, we saw how instrumental, how the wind, you know, played a lot of roles. And you look at it, Paul said, I perceive, you know, we're at Acts 27 now. Paul said to them in verse 10, he says, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Now, at this point, we couldn't even say it was a revelation that God gave Paul. Because the wind was already, you know, showing signs that this journey is going to be somehow. But I think the trick that was played on them was when the wind now blew softly. So a confusion came. You see, I don't know if you're with me. So based on the way the wind was, Paul said, this is what it is, okay? And when the wind blew softly, they said, aha, because in their heart already, they didn't want to winter in that location. It was not a suitable place, you know, to stay for the winter. They desired a better port to spend the winter, okay? And the wind was already harassing them. So what Paul was saying, they would have agreed with it if the wind did not blow softly. Are we, you know, together on this now? So what I want us to learn is this. Luke 12, 54 to 56. Our Lord Jesus speaking here, he said something which I want us to challenge ourselves to. He says, then he also said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say a shower is coming and so it is. 55. And when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be hot weather and there is hypocrites you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth but how is it you do not discern this time now i see that in the natural men by technology by science are able to predict the weather if you put take up your phone now you can get weather forecast for abuja for the next six days something you know next one month and all of that and that's all by application you know of um you know, scientific methods, okay? But what our Lord Jesus Christ is saying here also implies that as spiritual people, we should also be able to interpret circumstances and situations. Do you agree with me? Praise the Lord. So we want to see, we're going to come back to this um, account of Acts 27, because here now, we weren't told that Paul had a revelation concerning that journey, Okay? But we want to see a few instances in scriptures and see how as spiritual people, how as, you know, uh, not natural men, we are to interpret what the wind, you know, is doing around us. Praise the Lord. Now, we also know that First um, Corinthians 12 verse 10, there is a gift of descending of spirits. It says, talking about spiritual gifts, it says to another, the working of what? To another prophecy, to another 
discerning of spirits. This is where we are. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But the gift of discerning of spirits. So that as spiritual people, things can happen. Somebody can, you know, I mean, it's an illustration. So no, somebody can just come and slap you. And you say, hallelujah. You just blessed me. By the gift of discerning of spirits. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, there's this story, but I can't remember it very accurately, but I'll try and tell it. A king had um, an aide who would always tell the king that everything that happens to you, you must be grateful to God for it. Okay? So every time this man and the king, he, you know, he accompanies the king and they go on a journey, different things will happen. Whatever happens, the man will come and say, ah, very wonderful. And the king will be wondering, this is not a good thing that happened. Why are you saying, you know, thank God? Why are you saying I should thank God for it? So in one of the situations, he went out with the king. And I can't remember what exactly happened. I think an animal or something attacked the king. And he came to defend the king. And I'm not getting this story, but you get the principle. And this animal beat off a chunk of his arm. So he became one armed. Okay? And the king said, look at you now. Look at you. See what has happened now. You're now, you know, a one-armed man. And he said, I give glory to God. I bless God. And I thank God because all things, they always work, you know, for good. So the king was now laughing at him. They went out another day. And interestingly and unfortunately, cannibals caught them. And they were saying, who would they take? And the man being an aide of the king said to them, please, this is my king. Let him go. Me, I'm his servant. My head is not worth anything. You can't eat me. The people said, no, we can't eat a defective human. You go home. You have one arm. Go home. The king, everything is complete. This is the type of... <laughs> you know? Now, that's why you need discernment. Because in the natural, what is good is good. What is bad is bad, isn't it? But when you have a sense that tunes in, the Bible talking about the sons of Issachar said they had understanding of the times and they knew what Israel ought to do. You see, when that understanding comes, it helps you to read situations, you know, better and helps you to know how to respond. Praise the Lord. So we want to look at instances in the scriptures, okay? And they are quite interesting. I want to start with Jonah. In the case of Jonah, we know the story in Jonah chapter 1. We see that the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, I'm reading Jonah 1, 1. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Verse 3 says, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Verse 4 says, But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Now look at what happened here, verse 5. Let's read it. It says, Then the marine were afraid, and every man cried out to his God. And they threw the cargo that was on the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had laid down, and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise. Call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. 
And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. Now, let's hold on here. Can you see, these mariners knew that this was not a normal wind. That's the first stage of discernment. This is not what? A normal wind. Okay? And they sought to find out, first of all, from their gods, what is happening. Now, as we're learning, there are things that you experience, and you say to yourself, I need to check what is going on here. Okay? And they began to check. And in the process, okay, they came to Jonah. Let's read on now. It says, so the Lord fell on Jonah, and they said to him, please tell us, verse 8, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? So he said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord. You fear him really, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Can you see his, did you get that statement? He says, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord. And he told you to go east, you're going west. Okay. He says, then the men were exceedingly afraid, and they said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. Okay? He said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. I think at this point, Jonah is better than a lot of us. He did not pass the ball. Praise the Lord. I want us to see something here. Because you see, in our journey as Christians and everybody, as a nation, I mean everywhere... When problems come, you see, the analytical mind, every normal person should ask questions. And we can see these mariners immediately say, this is wrong. They probably were sure that this kind of wind is not encountered at this time of the year, this season. So they knew this was something super, you know, natural. It wasn't normal. That was what informed their reactions, okay? And when they finally got to Jonah, Jonah himself helped us. Because Jonah didn't say, okay, let me pray. Let me bind the wind. Let me pray that the wind will stop. Jonah was a prophet of God, okay, who was walking with God. So he knew the power of God. But Jonah knew in this instance that the power of God was going to be assessed by these people throwing him out of the ship. You know why? Because he was a man who was in disobedience to God inside the ship going in the direction that god has said he shouldn't go so the thing that will stop that wind is getting jonah out there are circumstances that the only thing that will work to reverse is repentance praise the lord somebody the only thing that jonah said to this was throw me out of the ship now if you read further down you see that when jonah told them that being nice you know natural, you know, human love. How do you throw a human being out of the ship? So what did they agree to do? They rode harder, which is also a natural reaction to solving problems. You know, you try and push harder. But the Bible said the more they pushed, the more the wind or the storm increased. So that was not the solution in that case. The solution was get the sleeper, get the runaway man out of the ship. Now, for you and I, the lesson from this immediately is this. There are some situations that are solved simply by elimination of individuals, not in this sense, okay? 
but there are associations. Many marriages can be helped if certain friends are cut off. Praise the Lord, somebody. There are people that are not good for your relationship. You might like them, but they are not good. These people didn't hate Jonah. Praise the Lord. Jonah must have been a nice, easygoing person. So they didn't want to throw him up. But Jonah was wrong for their journey to be safe and for them to get to their destination. They needed to get Jonah out. There are some persons we need to get out. But before we go even too far in that direction, we also know that even before they began to check who was wrong, there's something there that runs through, even in this case, and the one we read in Paul. Let me pick that up because that's very important. Before any other thing happened, verse 5, it says, Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, okay? And threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. Now, what is that saying? I'll tell you another story, which I believe I've, I've said here before that you know. They told us that in the olden days, that how they caught monkeys, you know, in the wild, is that when they get to a tree, they make a hole. And when they make that hole, they put knots inside the hole in the tree. And the hole will be big enough for the hand of the monkey to go in this way. Okay? So when the hand of the monkey goes in this way into the hole, it will grab the knots. But the hole will be too small for the monkey's fish to come out with knots inside. Now, the monkey, being like many of us, me inclusive, will hold the knots inside the hole and be struggling to bring out his fist, forgetting that if he leaves the knots, his hands will come out. But he'll hold it like that inside until they come and just carry the monkey. That's how they caught monkeys. True. Now, this man, the first thing after prayer... What did they do? They lighten the cargo. Sir, your having headache now about some things is because you want excess. If you humble yourself, 90% of your problems will go. Mamichi uh, said it's Ojikoko, right? Ojikoko. It's the cause of 90% of our problems. If you can get yourself to say, I will do without this, most of the problems will be solved. Do you understand? Talking about marriage again. Do you know what my wife said to me? If you can get your ear not to hear, whenever she starts speaking like that, you just tune your ear and start hearing. Which song will you hear now? The one that came to my mind is not, some of you will know it. Silent morning. Are you getting what I'm saying? Very key thing. If you lighten the load, it solves a lot of problems. Praise the Lord. God is merciful. Praise the Lord. What did I say? God is what? Merciful. God is merciful. And, you know, we have advantages as believers, but even to all his creation, God is merciful. Anywhere men humble themselves, refuse what you're holding on to. Many times you go to judge, you know, in matters, and then you listen to both parties. It's a very single matter, very single issue. That could be solved just in one second. But one person said, when you finish, say, but why did he? I'll tell you people a story. We attended some conference many years ago in the UK. And we're sitting behind some ladies, some Jamaican ladies. 
And I don't know how it happened. Okay? You know how people are sitting down about the same time? And my head hit her head. So I say sorry. It was an accident to both heads jam. But I say sorry. And sat down. For the next three hours during the conference, after about five minutes, she'll turn and ask me, how did it happen? How do I know how it happened? I'll say sorry again. <laughs> after some time again, she'll now turn and say, but how did it happen? <laughs> I'm telling you. You understand? So for some people, it's a non-issue, but they hold on to something. They will ask a question that has no answer. You don't even have the answer. After some time, they say, but I know you're sorry. But <laughs> tell somebody, lighten the load. Lighten the load. Lighten your expectations on that person. Lighten your expectations from just lighten the load. It happened in Acts, the account we read on Sunday. We see it here. That's what mariners know. And what's the purpose of the ship? For transportation of goods. But they know that life is more precious. So whenever it happens, they lighten the load. Most of us are flying in an airplane. What they tell you is safety first. In the case of any emergency, say leave your bags, leave your briefcase, leave everything. Even your shoes, say kick it off. Lighten the load. So we are carrying, a lot of us have issues because we just have too much load. You're thinking, what would this person say? But if I do this, what would this person think? Sometimes you're not thinking what they'll say. You're thinking what they'll think. Then you're thinking what they'll think to, to think about what you thought. Why won't you have problems? Do you understand? You have a situation, maybe you just need to humble yourself financially. And you know, maybe just bring yourself. And you say, but if they see me, what would they think? As long as you're there, the storm hasn't gotten serious. Okay? So that's a lesson. Okay, so in this case now, we see clearly that it was God that brought the wind. And somebody said that if God is the one resisting you, which God are you going to call to deliver you? Praise the Lord. But there is an answer, like Jonah showed us. When God is the one resisting you, repentance is the way that will get God to favor you. Because the moment we saw Jonah repent, what happened? God showed mercy. Mercy is coming for somebody in the name of Jesus. Okay, so that's one case we see, you know, a situation and we see how it happened and what happened there. I want to show you another one. I don't know whether this one is more interesting. Joshua, come to Joshua chapter 6. Or rather, Joshua chapter 7 is actually where I'm to go to. And in Joshua chapter 7, this is what happened there. The children of Israel, 6 and 7. Let me just say 6 and 7. I might not read this out for time. The children of Israel had defeated Jericho, okay, miraculously. And this was the first battle, really, you know, that they were facing on this side of Canaan. And God gave them such victory that when they were now going to the next city or the next nation that they were going to attack was Ai. If you read what happened there, verse 2, let me read verse 2. Joshua 7, 2. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to her, which is beside beth Evan on the east side of Bethel. And spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out there. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few, right? So about three thousand men went up from the people. He says, But what happened? They fled before the men of Ai. 
And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim, and they struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Now, see what is happening here. This was a nation that God had, you know, parted the Jordan River, brought down the walls of Jericho. It's like you finish fighting, um, you know, the United States of America defeated them. And then uh, Haiti is by the corner. And then you go to attack Haiti. Haiti defeats you. The people are confused. They're wondering what's going on here. What resistance? How can we fail here? Okay. Now, let's see what is going on. Praise the Lord. Verse 1. Verse 1 of that, uh, Joshua 7. It says, but the children of Israel, what happened? Committed a trespass regarding their costings. For Achan, the son of Kami, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of their costings. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now, before this, this is what the Lord showed me. Now, the victory that Israel got... That God gave Joshua over Jericho. See the way Joshua processed it. Now, let's go back to Joshua 6. Just the verse before. Joshua 6, the last two verses. Okay? Joshua 6, 26. It says, Then Joshua charged them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds this city, Jericho. He shall lay its foundation with his firstborn, and with his youngest he shall set up its gates right now i want to ask you who sent joshua to place this curse have you ever thought about it he has defeated jericho that's what god said and i'm moving on but the victory was so sweet joshua was flowing in excitement and because he was anointed when he placed that curse you know the cause held but at the same time he was placing the curse He was missing something he should have given attention to. Remember, God had given them instruction. When you go to Jericho, let no man take any of their, everything must be burned and destroyed. What Joshua should have been doing at that time would be telling the people, we have victory. I hope none of you are taking anything from here or else there will be trouble. But he was so carried up with the victory. I know the Bible says pride goes before destruction that is what happened here because while he was saying that verse one was saying israel had taken their custody so while he was cursing jericho a curse was alighting upon israel so when they went out in the assurance that their god is mighty their god defeated jericho for them ai chased them when he now went back to god he was saying how can i fail how can we fail how can this tiny city defeat us? And he lay down before God. What did God say to him? God said, my friend, get up. Don't you see what is happening in your camp? Let's read the account. Let's see what happened there. Verse 6. It says, then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, alas, Lord God, why have you brought this? You see, we're blaming God now. Why have you brought these people over the Jordan and all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns his back before his enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? The Lord answered Joshua. He said, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Say, Israel has what? 
Israel has sinned. And have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of their customs and have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. It says, therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. But turn their backs before their enemies. Because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy their custom from among you. We see another resistance here coming from God himself. Why are we looking at this thing? Because some of us, I believe maybe one or two, maybe a few, maybe nobody here even, are in situations where God is the one resisting us. May we receive wisdom in the name of Jesus. It didn't make sense for AI to defeat these people. Somebody told us a story many years ago. And he said they had this brother who became very prosperous. And, you know, everybody should have been happy for him. But they were now praying that he became poor again. Because his matter, his shoulders couldn't enter the house again. Neither the mother nor the older brothers, he didn't hear what they gave. So they started praying that this man become poor. True story. Born again Christians. Praise the Lord. Now, you see, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Any time and any situation that creates for me a circumstance, somebody has said, a success that makes me proud is more dangerous to me than a failure that makes me humble. Because when I fail and I'm humble, God is for me. When I succeed and I'm proud, God resists me. Where would you rather be? You don't want God resisting you. Now, that is what we see here. There was a resistance. Thank God Joshua was careful to go to God, even though he said some things he shouldn't have said. But thank God he was wise enough to go to God and say, what is going on? And God said to him, get up, you have sinned. I said you should not take this, you should not take this, you should not take this. But you didn't give your attention to it. You were busy cursing Jericho. And you were taking up a curse. It talks to us about the recklessness that comes with success. You know, human nature is not very easy. We, that's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need God to continue to help us. Okay? Uh, it was Muhammad Ali that said, he said, how can he be humble when he's so good? There's a way he said it. You know, he said, how can he not, you know, be boastful when he's so good? And truly, he might say that, out, but many of us feel like that. We may not say it, but you, you say to yourself, you know, Emiakin, Omweko. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's a new word now. Is it dumb? Uh-huh. You see, how can you be humble when you're so good? You look around, you're better than everybody. How can, how? I mean, check them now. But when you do that, a spiritual person senses pride in himself or herself. He or she begins to repent before anything happens. Because you know that you have actually picked a fight with the almighty God. That's what happened there. God said, defeat Jericho, you know, take everything, you know, destroy and move on. You finish, you turned around, you placed a curse on it. And you say, you looked at here, you say, uh, how many people? Okay, let a few go there. And God said, it doesn't work like that. He said, you now, the way I fought against Jericho, that's the way I'm fighting against you. Praise the Lord. But thank God he's merciful. When they repented, what happened? He turned around and gave them victory. We receive inspiration for correction in the name of Jesus Christ. So, when we're looking at those things, that there are circumstances that it's not fight that we fight. It's instruction that we receive 
talking about interpreting and understanding winds. Amen? Okay, now, let's look at another side of the story. In Mark 6, 45 to 51, we have the account where our Lord Jesus was speaking to the disciples. And he said to them, he said, 45 says, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. While he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. 48 says, then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Praise the Lord. What do we see here now? God sent you on an assignment, and then the wind is against you. You're struggling. This is the vision God gave me. This is the call God gave me. This is the assignment God gave me. This is the word I received from the Lord. But there is resistance. What do you do? Let's read on on the story. First thing we note here is that because Jesus was the one who sent them, okay? The second part of 48 says what? Now about the fourth watch of the night, what did he do? He came to them. When God sends you, it does not mean you will not face obstacles. It does not mean you will not face resistance. It does not mean you will not face challenges. But what you can be assured is that he will come to you. Praise the Lord. But can I tell you something else you need to know? He did not come in the first watch. He did not come in the second watch. At that time, many people changed their minds. And he says, if anyone draws back, my soul shall not have pleasure in He did not come in the third watch. Even the fourth watch he came, if you read that story, he said he was doing as if he was going to pass by. What's the message for me, sir? No matter what I'm facing, I ask, did he send me? (laughs) I will laugh at the devil. I'm not going anywhere. I will wait until my Shiloh comes. Praise the Lord. I will keep on this journey. No matter how difficult it might appear, provided is I look and I'm in this with God. We had this conversation. I'm his child. He knows me. He sent me. They were straining at rowing and they were doing all they were doing and jesus saw them we're we're going to look at another account and he says he would have passed them by because of time we'll jump i'll show you the last part so we'll move on 51 51 says then he went up into the boat to them and what happened the wind knows who sent you but he wants to know whether you know who sent you hello is somebody getting what i'm saying here discernment there are some that all you need is repentance is over. There are some that you need to hold on. Listen, you know, I was thinking the other day, our country will even teach us that. How many of us are in civil service here? Now, God bless you. It's good you're here. Hear this. Nigeria is a country that will afflict you with patience. You see, civil services, when you enter civil service, it's as if you don't exist until you reach director level. Then all of a sudden, you become a god. If you're not careful, you may never make that level. As a child of God, what you go through, because look at now, where we are as a nation, it's almost as if our destinies are being held by five judges. These people, for, go and look at their career, for the last 20-something or 30 years of their career, anybody can push them out of the road. They were non-entities. But when you waited through, you know, some of us had classmates that you got into, you know, legal practice, 
and started practicing and you're doing big man, big man. When they become judges, or you enter the um, banking and you started doing, and they enter ministry of works or finance, you're doing all the big boys, big boys, big boys. By the time they become director, you and your MD, you will be coming to beg him, please, sir, can you people open up? Can you do this? Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Now, when God sends you patience, are you with me? Patience is not change of direction. There are some winds that you need to change. You need to change direction, repent. But there are some winds that you need to stay through. Because that account said the moment Jesus entered the boat, he said the wind what? It was waiting to know if you knew who sent you. Praise the Lord, somebody. You see, as a Christian, that's all we need. Am I in this situation because of disobedience? If it's disobedience, I repent. I solve the matter. But obedience does not eliminate trials. So, you ask yourself, in this trial I I am in, am I obedient to God? You say yes. Then you say, ah, you buy duvet. One of our brothers there was telling Pastor to resign. I say, how can you resign? You have to wait till the end now. Do you understand? Where are you going? Imagine if they jumped off the boat. Now, let, let me show you something very interesting. In the similar account of that story, let, let me show you what someone needs to do. Matthew 14, 22 to 33. The same record, that same event. Let, let me tell you what the Lord, you know, was showing me in that account. Matthew 14, now 22. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Okay. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Okay, 27, immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Now, look at 28. 28 says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, do what? Command me to come to you on the water. Now, 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 when you read the scriptures, you need to step back. If it was not something that the master expected... When Peter said, Master, if it is you, bid me to come to... He said, wait, I'm coming. Wasn't that what he was doing? He was going to the boat. But can I tell you that God is saying to somebody tonight, when you know that the wind is opposing you in a direction God has sent you, don't slow down. Go higher. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, you believe God for that testimony, for that miracle. I don't know if I want to get specific. Stop taking the pills they gave you. You've been taking the pills for seven years. Nothing happened. Throw it away. Tell the devil, this thing God has said is going to happen. And what I, the pill I will take is pounded yam. Egusi. Bread. Milo. So that when it happens, you the devil will know that I know who sent me. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Peter. Listen. Peter. All of them were in the boat afraid. And then the master appears. And they were more afraid. And he said to them, chill, it's me. And he was walking towards them. Then Peter said, master, if it is you, bid me come. And the master said, come. Now, I'm going to show you because somebody is saying, pastor, where, you, where is this one coming from? You are going to see where it's coming from. 
No prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. Okay. So, he said to Peter, come. Okay? Now, we know that Peter came and when he saw the wind, he started sinking and cried, Lord, save me, right? Okay. Jesus saved him. Oh, you have little faith. Why did you do that? Now, read 32 for me. When Jesus and Peter got into the boat, what now happened? The wind ceased. Well, that's not where we're going to. Read the verse 33 for me. 33 says what? Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped Jesus, saying what? Truly, you are the son of God. I want to ask you a question. Who were those in the boat? Was Peter with them already? Peter had come out. Then those who were in the boat, remember Peter is the one that the Bible says, upon this rock, I will build my church. What was the rock? Revelation of who Jesus is. Are you getting me now? Now, because Peter knew that this is the son of God, he did not just think that Jesus would save them in the boat. He judged that this man I see cannot just only save me in the boat. He can even save me walking on water. Peter was the only person that had that revelation of Jesus. But when the deliverance was complete, then those in the boat agreed with Peter. Truly, you are the son of God. Peter saw that before. That's why he said, Master, if it is you, I'm not waiting in the boat. I'm going to walk because I know you can do all things. I stand amazed in your presence. There is nothing you can. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? You see, when you catch this understanding, the devil will stop wasting resources on you. You're not now looking for assistance to believe God. You're telling the enemy, I will even make it more difficult because I know he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or what. You're not looking for corners to call so that God can meet you halfway. No, you're saying I know whom I believed. The rest said, truly, when he got into the boat. But Peter, before he got into the boat, said, if that is you, I can walk on water. Let's rise on our feet. If God is the one you pray to, ah, you don't need a man. You don't need any other thing. Since God is the one you're trusting in, ah, you don't need a build-up. Some of us are expecting God to do something, and you need him to add it up. 5 plus 10, 10 plus 5, five 15 plus 5, this, he adds up. When you believe God, you know that God can go reverse, and then come from reverse, and overtake. I get it what I'm saying. So somebody is listening to me. And it's as though the symptoms were getting worse. You can jump up from that bed now and claim your healing. Are you with me? You should tell the enemy, I know him. Peter said, if it is this Jesus, then he will not just save me in the boat. (laughs) That's where I'm going. That's this. Anybody can save you in the boat. Without anybody, you get into a boat, you cross water. But Peter said, when it is this master that I know, it's not boat that I'll testify. When I get to land, I won't tell them the boat arrived safely. I'll tell them I walked on water. Can you raise your faith tonight? Can you raise your confidence tonight? Can you open up the eyes of your spirit to see him big? To see the master? To know that the trials that you're experiencing... They didn't come to minimize you. Why would Jesus walk 
and do as though he was passing by. He didn't just want to save them in the boat. He wanted to take them to another level. Peter caught it. I'd always wondered, why did the master do as if he was passing by? Was he expecting all of them to jump out from the boat and start running on water? Was that what he was thinking that they should believe him for? Brothers and sisters, uh, shekata baba baba. Certain winds have come against you And you're busy just minimizing, minimizing, minimizing Closing down Well, this can't happen That can't happen This can't happen That can't happen Because the winds are contrary But Peter said the winds are contrary But if it be the master that sent me If it be Jesus that I call upon Then I'm expecting Things that are unnatural. Things that are supernatural. Things that are marvelous. Things that are wonderful. Tonight, I lift up my faith. Ah, sekalabojada. Ketatata tologododo jegedede. Ekaladodododologododo jegedede. Bosakata posakate kalade. Kalakoshe kataposata. We are talking about discerning the wind, right? Interpreting the wind, interpreting the contrary wind, interpreting it, saying, What is this for? What is this for? Tonight I've come to tell somebody that wind, that situation, that circumstance has come for your elevation. It is not for your demotion. It is for you to ascend just like an airplane rides upon the wind. If there is no contrary wind, the plane will not fly. Some of us, there are ministries that God has prepared for us. There are things that God has kept for you to do, but that wind has come. You have to interpret that wind correctly. You have to ride the wind. You have to rise. Says those who wait upon the Lord, they will mount up with wings as eagles. There's a rising that the child of God must get into. When you look at it, you say, this came to work for me. This wind did not come to stop me. This wind came for me to rise on it. You thought you would make me cry. Listen, everyone under the sound of my voice, today is the last day you will cry because of the devil. The only cry you are permitted to cry is a cry of devotion. A cry of affection. The cry of Mary worshipping at the feet of Jesus. Who burned the devil? If the obstacle is from God, I repent. If it is from the devil, I rise. The Bible says you and I are seated in heavenly places far above. Why would he make me cry? Why would he make me feel disappointed? Why should he make me despair of life? Who born the devil that he should create a sense of depression in me? When I know my God, when I know whom I believe, when I know the one who has called me, Jesus is expecting you to walk on the water. That's what he was looking for. So when Peter began to sing, he said, why did you doubt? You were passing the exam. You were scoring an A. Why did you start doubting? This was what I was looking forward to. I was looking forward to somebody who will know who sent him. Ah, basuta la de 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 de. She katabosa gadada. Katoso do 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 do. Brethren, what are we praying for? We are praying for revelation. We are praying for discernment. We are praying for accurate interpretation. Let what should make me sing, not make me sad. Ah, kaposhe kadadadadado senda boza la gadadada. Le koshe gadadade basia kapo. I have understanding. 
how could they have said no to me unless the Lord had something better for me? <laughs> how could they have turned me back if not that the Lord was directing me to where he was calling me to? In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Now, I know it's not in your place to answer, but how many of us feel that I'm in the place of my calling? Let me tell you, when we're in Lagos, I think at least about three or four pastors, because then, you know, there'll be starting parishes. At least three or four of them chose me to go with them. They will make the list. They will go to our pastor then, Pastor Tony. And when he looks at the list, he says, okay, okay, okay. Once he sees my name, he'll strike it off. Is it that I was can now? I can't be amongst those planting church. They were sending people from uh, Igomo to five streets away, to um, Surulere, to VI, to Antony Village. When he sees my name, he will remove it. Which sin did I commit? Only for a few months later, for me now to go to him and say, Pastor, God said I should go to Abuja. He was now looking at me. So the reason they struck out my name from being posted from our papa to Igomo or from Igomo to Surulere was that God was saying this man is not jumping few meters. He's going from Lagos to Abuja, a place, I'm talking of 26 year old. I could have said, ah, ah, what is wrong with me? God has no plan for my life. Every mission that they want to do, they are rejecting me. But God said, no. I have a place you're going to, to which nobody has gone. Interpreting the wind. They sat you, you're crying when you should be singing. <laughs> Is somebody hearing me? Peter got it. Jesus was going to walk. Now the whole story makes sense to me. The whole story makes sense to me. He said he came walking and was going to pass them. Why? Because the anointing, what he came with that day, was for them to walk on water. They were cuddled up in the boat. Saying, we're dying, we're dying. Peter got a bit of it. Say, if that's the master, is where he is that I should be. He said, master, I want to join you there. Don't come down. I want to go up. And the master didn't rebuke him for his brashness. He said, Peter, I don't know what you're saying. He said, Peter, join me, join me. Somebody needs to go higher tonight. When you lie down on your bed tonight, I want you to imagine. We sang a song and says, I stand amazed in your presence. There is nothing you cannot do. Listen, how much are you owing that God can't turn it around and you lend that amount or times over? Do you get what I'm saying? What is that thing that is difficult for the Lord? What is that situation? What is that circumstance? What is that infirmity? What is that pain? What is that emotion? What is it that the God that we serve, the creator of the heavens and the earth, what is it that he cannot do, sir? What is it that he cannot do, man? I'm asking somebody. It's the wind that is constraining us. We're thinking because it hasn't happened. Because it's not looking like it will happen. Because the statistics and the, and the, and the whatever is not looking like it. Then it won't happen. I've come to tell somebody tonight. There is a God in heaven. And he's not just in heaven. There's a God in our midst. There's a God in our midst. His name is Jesus Christ. His Holy Spirit is indwelling you. And he says, Christ in you. Do you have Christ inside of you? Do I have anybody with Christ in him? He says, this is the assurance of glory. It means with Christ in you, you can't sing. 
and you're not just floating you're going to rise you're going to rise you're going to rise in the name of jesus christ if you believe that shout an amen like someone who believes that been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158-404. You can find us online at www dot the father's church online dot org. God bless you.